Fraser. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. Happy Wednesday, guys. I have the strangest, like... My ass muscles and thighs really hurt. You're breaking down. You got the ulcer. Yeah, I got an ulcer. But like, what was I doing in order to have like... Were you sitting on the chair funny? No, no. This is like a strain injury. Like, what the hell was I doing this weekend? You want to get into it? I want to get into it. You want to get into it? <laughs> that feels like a gateway. <laughs> I know, like a humble brag. No, Share real, though, like my, Like, I'm trying to think. Talk us through it. Okay, so my... Uh, let me just sit on the floor for a second and like, see what I was doing for mm-hmm. this to hurt. Okay, so she's kind of on all fours <laughs> and she and Frumi's like taking her knee from a 12 o'clock position to a 3 o'clock position and back to 12. So now Frumi's back in a squat position. No, it's more like a wrap squat. So one knee to the ground and one knee to the sky. And now she's kind of arching her back outwards. She seems to be in pain, but she's... <laughs> <laughs> but also she's, she's giggling with it. No idea what I was doing. <laughs> Why were you in those positions? <laughs> Let's go, guys. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. I think that this might be the juiciest PR nightmare that I have shared with the show in two years. It's bad. Whoa. And bad in a sense that it's completely avoidable, but with real life consequences. So we all know what's happening with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. If we pretend nothing insidious is happening and it's above board, they're in a new relationship. They're both at the top of their game. So when they come together, it's just it's a beautiful affair. Now, if we go one degree deeper, people start to question the legitimacy of this relationship because of their superstar status and that usually people with this much prestige would keep things under wraps a little bit. You know, they wouldn't be publicising every second thing. And when you're someone like Taylor Swift and you need to get security clearance to go anywhere, Mm. it's odd that you'd be publicising yourself with a new person so often if it wasn't for some kind of, like, material game. So... Here's the thing. People are claiming that Travis Kelsey is the one for Miss Swift because he's shown in so many ways that he's fiercely protective. I don't know about all this. Maybe not following closely enough. So much so that apparently he's fired his publicist because of what she did to Taylor Swift. So this publicist, her name is Pia, and she was doing a bit of uh, an IG story birthday rundown. She was reposting pictures that people have posted of her onto her profile because it was her birthday. It's It happens. We've seen it plenty of times. No big deal. However, she reposts a photo of her in a group photo with Taylor Swift, a couple other people, and she puts a clown emoji on Taylor Swift's face. A clown emoji? Of all the emojis to pick, you put a clown emoji? Are you not the publicist? Is it not your job to ensure that the messaging around this relationship is not just overwhelmingly positive, but not unnecessarily tainted (laughs) by parties who should not be considered? We shouldn't even know about the publicist, to be honest. It should be a secret kind of role. For real. But so much so that this publicist, with not very many followers, who should be quite incognito, has gone as far as to post. And, like, the thing about being a publicist is you are... 10 steps ahead of everybody else for a reason. You recognise that every decision you make is for a very particular outcome, which means there is no falling through the cracks, especially not for a sports publicist. Okay? Literally. A sports publicist. I can't imagine the person you hire to ensure that your image is squeaky clean bring you into disrepute. (laughs) It's messy. It's nonsense. And think about if you're a celebrity on this scale, of all the things you have to deal with, of all the fires you've got to put out, it's from your own backyard. 
your frontline soldier ruining a reputation. Anyway, I still have doubts about this relationship only because it's fun to speculate. But if they're in love, I love it for them. I realised the other day when I was preparing for our show that it's been a while since we've shared some knowledge with the class. I don't know how I got here. I think I was on Reddit somehow and I came across the idea that there's more than like one type of animal in terms of I thought that every animal sleeps at night, yeah? Just off the top of my dome, I was, and I've always wondered like where do sharks go to sleep? What about bats, bro? Well, they do sleep during the day, but it turns out there are all different type of animals and I want to share with the class. Mm-hmm. So humans sleep at night and are awake during the day. That means they are diurnal. So they reckon most animals first of all to be diurnal, especially even the nocturnal ones. Advanced colour and vivid vision is an adaptation of diurnal animals. So that's why like some animals that sleep at night can only see kind of like black and white vibes, allegedly. Animals that mainly rely on vision to hunt for food are usually diurnal. Ooh. And they include humans emus, reptiles, pollinator insects like bees, and primates. Then we've got nocturnal animals. We've all seen what those are. Bats, bandicoots, bilbies, cane toads, crocodile, dingo, fly fox, kangaroo, koala, platypus, possum, quokka, and quoll. We're talking old Tasmanian devil. Koalas are nocturnal. Allegedly. I think that's why at the zoo they're so sleepy. Yeah, because I just went to a koala sanctuary. And they're awake? It, It was in the morning and they were up. Okay, they said koala mostly in brackets. Okay. They sleep 18 yeah. to 20 hours a day, Michaela said. So we caught them at a good time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Australian snakes, for example, though, are both nocturnal and diurnal. Then we've got crepuscular. Mm-hmm. Crepuscular animals are those that are active primarily during twilight. Oh. And they're different from the daylight and the darkness uh, animals. The term is not precise, however, as some crepuscular animals may also be active in moonlight or on an overcast day. So they're giving vampire that don't want to be in the sun. Bats, hamsters, cats, dogs, rabbits, ferrets, and rats. Hmm? So I'm seeing some overlap here, but essentially they're animals that like that's when their prey is out and that's when they're most likely not to be preyed upon. That's where we're getting. We've got two more types, guys. There's actually three different types, three more. <laughs> Verspertine, that indicates something of or related to or occurring in the evening. They include moths and beetles. They are creatures that become active at dusk, like bats and owls. Then we've got two more. Matutinal, in ecology, matutinal crepuscular animals are those that significantly active during pre-dawn and early hours. So it's giving rotating shift. It's giving shift work. <laughs> the final one is cathermal. Cathermal animals have sporadic and irregular active spurts during both day and night. Lions and some species of lemur are known for being carmethical. Damn. You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. I've been getting real big into my book bag recently. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched something in ages on TV. I did watch The Invention of Lying last night, the Ricky Gervais movie. And side note, I realised that his show Afterlife, which is on Netflix, is so heavily inspired by that movie. Like, there's so many motifs. Like, he's always, like, sitting with someone on a bench. Like, there's, like, mothers dying and fathers dying and stuff. I think it's good to see, especially in the creative industry, like, someone's trajectory from, like, creating one movie that's really brilliant into a show. And like, I didn't even know Ricky Gervais did movies. I thought he was a comedian. He is. Comedian and actor. He was in The Office. It's, so he's acting in movies. They're not his movies. He's just acting in them. With Afterlife, it was his show. Like, he made right. it and acted in it. Mm-hmm. 
He's definitely that kind of guy. Yeah. He also like was real big on Twitter back in the day. He might still be. Anyway, sustainable books. I'm always looking at ways to cut corners and save money. And my recent hack is a website called World of Books. If you're listening to this and you love books and you don't mind something that's like a little bit dirty, or not even dirty, just something that's like not fresh off the shelves, not got that fresh book smell, go to World of Books. It's an Australian website where you can buy secondhand books for way less than the recommended retail price. And I really like it, not only because it's cheap, that's obviously the number one thing, but it's really, it's like a sustainable way to get knowledge. And I also like that it, it has free shipping. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So this is totally not sponsored. It's just something that like, I literally buy books all the time and I never thought to find a site like this. eBay. Are they good with new releases or not particularly? I haven't checked, but that's the other thing is I'd say if there is a new release by an author that you want to support, it's better to buy new because then... Or just buy an ebook. But I do like the look of books on my shelf. The topic of making friends, breaking up with friends, does it not clog up the internet enough? I think if we did a little bit of a 180 switch and for every person who talks about dating, talk about friendships and I think that we'll see a few developments in that area. Mm-hmm. For one... I think that we don't have enough terminology around friendships. People find it really offensive to be called an acquaintance. I think that's just a beautiful way to describe someone who you have a pleasant relationship with, who you don't feel responsible for. But alas, in due time, I think a lot of phrases will be made. Like what's the ghosting, breadcrumbing equivalents for friendships? They're different. It's a different kind of ghosting. It's a different kind of breadcrumbing. Nobody cares enough to create terms, so maybe I will. On my TikTok feed, there was a creator called Mum Taz is Alive, and they were talking about making friends with women in particular and how they found that the blanket advice wasn't really helpful because people often talk aspirationally about what they would do in certain situations but don't really think about what the reality is like. So she created a list of um, tips making friends with women. The first tip is to not complain about your old friends or your other friends, which I think is something that people would struggle with. A big part of making new friends is commiserating, is to talk about things in your life that aren't really going so well or areas in which you make comparisons to validate somebody else. Like, oh my goodness, it's so lovely to hear from you. Like, I never hear from my friends this much. It's so nice. Little digs or things like that that might give you the impression that you're making this person feel like you're close, but realistically, your position yourself is not really that great of a friend the other one she said is to recognize that slow and steady wins the race and i'm reading gian yankovic's book right now called just friends it comes out in february she talks a lot about this idea that people don't really make time for the early stages of friendships and similar to the early stages of dating you don't know how it's going to go But for fear that it flops, you start to love bomb. So you spend more time with them. It's hang after hang after hang, text after text after text. And the issue is it doesn't set a good precedent for a friendship you can maintain. And then what happens is that this unmet expectation festers. Last week we spoke about what we learned in friendships as opposed to relationships. And having big conversations is a new thing. I've had friends I've had for 10 years that I couldn't dare have a big conversation with because I'm just like, oh, they're not they're not good with confrontation. They're too sensitive, la, 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 la. But a new friend goes through such a vigorous training program that I'm like, <laughs> if I get a whiff that you are not someone I can have a proper conversation with, it's not going to happen. Like mm. I'm not going to waste my time. And that's the other thing. I think the biggest tip for making friends with women now is that you have to bring in new framework. You can't use the same tactics you were using to make your high school friends, to make friends with adults, especially adult women. 
Is there a reason why we're differentiating women to everyone? I think the point of her specifying women is that so men didn't come in and say, well, this doesn't relate to me because she's speaking to people who want to make friends with women. Well, thank you to her for bringing this <laughs> to our attention. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.